Welcome back, everybody. Episode four of the Vancouver Boys podcast. Excited to have you back with us. It's How been a week since the last one. How we doing, Jake? Dude, I'm doing great. Super excited to be back. Love doing the podcast. Always a blast. Tyler, how's it going over in Alberta? Oh, magnificent. Been looking forward to uh, talking with you guys for the whole week, so yeah, can't wait to get snowing? into it. <laughs> no, snow stopped today. Oh, today. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> it's summer now. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it's today. Seven degrees, starting to warm up. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we have a new fake sponsor to tell you about. Oh, we have yeah, a yeah, new yeah. segment on the show here. We're going to do a fake sponsor every day until we get a real one. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, this will catch on and some of these places may actually think about sponsoring us. Uh, today's fake sponsor is Ram with the all-new TRX. If you explain what it is enough times, your girlfriend will eventually understand that it's a good financial decision. Ram, we put a Hellcat in everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was that one. Pretty that was, good? That was, that was great, was man. That's great. Think we're going to get a sponsorship there? Definitely oh, not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd settle for them just letting me look at a TRX. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a good thing I drive one, like drive a Ram. So, yeah, that's true. We'll put, that's true. we'll put a bumper sticker on the Ram. Yeah. yeah hey, I got go. a Dodge too. It's a Charger, but it's still a Mopar. So. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we're we're onto something here. Exactly. Yeah. Pick up. Yeah, I'll sell my Lancer and get a TRX. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one for one trade. Let's go. Uh, they might give you floor mats for a TRX <laughs> for the Lancer. <laughs> that, that would that would be like trying to trade you a Levy for McDavid. I don't know. They're both pretty high draft picks. I can I can see. <laughs> yeah, there's only four they're, spots. They're, they're both hockey players. I can see the the, the transaction. Exactly. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a few more pieces, but well, maybe. Um, okay. At the time of recording this, we're about half an hour away from puck drop between the Canucks and the Leafs, which is at four thirty. This won't be uploaded until tomorrow, so we won't have insight on that game. But we do have word Cole Lind is making his NHL debut. And I think that's awesome. I really was worried we weren't going to see the young guys this season because we all know how this group is. They're determined to make the playoffs. They want it. And uh, we know that sometimes when teams are in that position, they will be very reluctant when playing young players. They want their veterans in. They want that core group together. But I think it's really great to see Cole in getting a spot here in, in a time where the team really needs wins. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. The, uh, he's looked really good in the minors the last few years been down there quite a bit to develop and whatnot so it's nice to finally see him getting a shot up in the big leagues yeah i think for cole lind it'll be interesting because i don't know if you guys have really paid attention to this or not but there's you know pretty good hype surrounding him you know like uh playing out of uh, i think he played for the Kelowna rockets he was you know pretty highly touted there when the canucks drafted him they were like oh yeah this is a really good pick um, i'm pretty sure he was a hobby baker finalist if not a winner so he did not win he did not win but i think he was a finalist um, anyway, like he's just, he's, um, yeah, he's pretty, you know, there's a lot of hype around him. So I hope he delivers. I hope he comes out and, uh, you know, if, if he doesn't get any points, I hope he at least has a good game, a good showing. Cause, um, I think, you know, the Godet trade was in large part to make room for Cole Lind. So, uh, yeah, I'll be pulling for him, but yeah. Yeah. I think all of Vancouver will be, I mean, it, it's, a, it's an exciting time because, we, we are about three years removed from when uh, we were ranked as having about the second best prospect pool in the league. And it's really interesting because now we're actually ranked a lot lower, but that's because most of those prospects have now developed and they're in the NHL. They're no longer prospects. Yeah. So we are right at the tail end of seeing those pieces that the Vancouver fan base has been waiting for, and they're finally getting to the NHL level. We have a couple guys left that we're waiting on, Pod Colson obviously in Russia, um, uh, Jack Rathbone has uh, he's played a game or two mm-hmm. um, we, we've got a couple guys left, uh, Jonah Gajevich also very underrated prospect in my mind, Jet Wu possibly next season and beyond that oh yeah, love Jet Wu. and beyond that we're actually running quite thin on prospects but I'm okay with that because that's at the point where your core is together and they're in the NHL and they gotta start walking together would have been nice if they could have done with more with Tyler Madden though yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I didn't like that trade even when it happened. Like, but What was the trade? It was something along the lines of Tim Schaller, uh, Tyler Madden for Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Uh, whether or not there are other pieces, I don't remember. But I didn't like it because I knew right off the bat 
that Tyler Madden is going to be a good NHL player. I was worried that while uh, Tyler Toffoli isn't an old player, he's older than most of the core of the team. And right now you want to be looking at guys that are the same age or younger. And I didn't like that we went out for someone, especially with no plan to fully re-sign him, which we didn't end up doing. So we basically lost an excellent draft pick for nothing. Yeah, yeah I think that would have looked a lot different if Toffoli did re-sign with Vancouver. Oh, but, I fully agree. Having, I mean, having him in Montreal is, definitely makes that trade look terrible. Yeah, well, that, that's just Considering it, right? how Tyler Toffoli's done this year, too. I mean, his, yeah. his stat line has been solid, but the impact he's had on that team has just been, you know, hard to hard to quantify. And, you know, as you said, like, being a Canucks fan, looking at that, yeah, it's got to be tough. It's tough, but I got to say, it's tough for a lot of GMs, too, because if you told any of them, hey, you could have the league's fourth most leading scorer on your team for $4 million locked up for, I believe it's a four-year contract, I think they all be piling on top of each other trying to get that contract. No one knew that he would be this good, but Jim Benning is definitely kicking himself right now for not getting that deal done and taking Vertanen and Pearson for more money than it would have cost to take um, Tyler Toffoli. Or as Don Cherry says, Tyler Foley! <laughs> Dude, what a gem. I miss Don Cherry, man. Absolutely. Now there's someone I'd like to get on the podcast, and we might have a reasonable shot of doing <laughs> yeah, no, Love that guy. I mean, Matt, that guy is just free content. Yeah. I mean, they put they slapped him on the TV for 20 minutes, a, like a week, and he would just spout off incoherent nonsense, but I was dialed in every, every time I saw him on the TV. I love the incomplete sentences, though. I live for that stuff. But here's the, listen, you go, you, you, you come, you do that. See, kids, you watch here. He go, you, do, you never, don't do that. But do, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No, love the suits. Love the personality. Yeah, T- too bad. Such a shame. An, an arrow over. It's just too bad the way it ended. It's just too bad yeah. there wasn't a farewell show. Yeah. Because I'll admit, he was at the point where there's no more usable hockey takes that are coming out of there. Mm-hmm. But he should have had the goodbye show. And, and I'm, I'll, I'll be sad, and I think a lot of Canadians will be sad that they never quite got that. Yeah. Anything like it at all? It was a oh shit. Well, we left him out there too long, and now he said something stupid. Yep. Well, Which was an inevitability. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of guys that are past their prime, Ryan Miller's retiring at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's harsh. I know. Is that Hall of Fame of career? <laughs> oh, so is Don Cherry. Those are both Hall. You know. Right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I don't think Don Cherry's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. <laughs> well, probably not anymore. No. <laughs> if they ended him one show earlier, he would have been. But yeah, I mean Ryan Miller, like what a career, man. I'm almost sad to see him go because I, I don't think he won any Stanley Cups the entire time he was in the league. No, nah, he didn't. I mean, he had his chance when he came to Vancouver in 2016. We were really about to make a run for it, and fortunately he left in 2018. But well, I was thinking, well, of course, you're joking, but I was thinking that uh, he went to St. Louis, I think, in about 2014, 2013, somewhere around there. 2013, 2014 season, yeah. yeah right he before he came St. to Vancouver. Yeah, he was in St. Louis for a few years. So he did have a chance then. But, you know, all those years in Buffalo just squandered. I mean, he won the Vesna in 2010. Uh, even kind of his big shot in the Olympics, he got the silver medal. Everyone remembers the famous Crosby goal. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people remember that he was in net. Yeah, he had forty-one years or forty-one wins that year. It's just such a shame. Like he had such a good career and nothing to show for it. Nothing but second place finishes, runner-up, and disappointment. Disappointing teams. Yeah, I mean, did he? He wasn't in the finals when Buff. No, that was way before Miller. So yeah, he's. I don't know if he's ever even been past the third round of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not sure. He made sure. it pretty far with Buffalo. Buffalo finished at the top of the standings, I think, in the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, something like that. I remember them being at the top of the standings. So it wasn't like he didn't have a chance to go far. Yeah. He did have those happened. chances. It just never happened. And I think a lot of times, too, if you have a really good goalie, you can go a lot farther than your team really should. Yeah. I think back to, you know, Carey Price just dragging teams. Um, you know, I, I attribute a lot of the Stanley Cups um, that have been won in the last few years, especially the ones that LA won to Jonathan Quick. I think like there's yeah. just so many cups that 
that teams win because their goalies can get them there. And it's a shame that Ryan Miller just couldn't drag Buffalo any farther than, than yeah, the first or second round. Yeah, well, that's a, playoffs. that's a tough task right there. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Flurry in the last decade or 12 years has been to the finals three times, has he not? Twice twice with Pittsburgh and then once with four. four times, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So he went four times. Quick went twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Crawford for Chicago? Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim Thomas had his ridiculous season with uh, uh, Boston yeah. in 2011. I still yeah, don't understand how that man made any saves the way he played goalie. Tim Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, I remember it all too well, but it was... Uh, he, he was a very acrobatic goalie. He would, well, what, what's another word I could use? Unorthodox. Yeah, there you go. There were some times where his whole body would go flailing somewhere, and you'd go, what are you doing? But he'd end up with the puck. Mm. It, yeah, unorthodox is a better word. I'm, I'm glad I used that one. It was unorthodox, a lot of his saves. Granted, he did make that Boston Bruins team a lot better. Which is funny, because like, after that year, too, I think he was in Dallas for a minute, he was in Florida for a minute, and just, he was... Well, Florida got a little uh, nerve-wracking at one point, because he, we traded Luongo back to Florida, and I think Tim Thomas was still part of their system. I think he, this was right at the end for him, I think he was taking either a leave of absence, or something had happened with his mental health. And everyone was kind of laughing and going, well, it'd be kind of awkward if he comes back and then your goalie tandem is Tim Thomas and Roberto Luongo <laughs> after the yeah. after the off-ice battles that they had with each other. That would have been pretty funny. Yeah, right. I'm sure knowing both of those guys, though, they would have they would have made a joke out of it. They wouldn't have taken it too hard, I don't think. No, yeah, I mean, how could yeah. they? Speaking of Florida, though, you guys paid attention to any of their games this week? Uh, no. No. Um, well, they played Nashville a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah? How'd that and, go? And uh, it's funny, too, because uh, if anyone out there listening happens to be a fan of either of those teams... Um, no the, one is. The, they played some really interesting games. Nashville came out on top in one of them, and in another, and Nashville had a 4-3 lead going into the third, ended up losing the game 7-4. to Yeah, so... Uh, Four unanswered in the third. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because like I was saying last week, I look at the top three teams in the Central, and I just think to myself, like, they are just another level. And I think that speaks to that. You know, a team that can can rally for four goals in the third period against a team that, you know, was winning that game. Maybe they shouldn't have, but it was it, not only that, it was a blowout in the third period. So. And those are big points, too. Everything's tight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the fourth spot in the Central right now has gotten even tighter because of those games. Well, it seems like the fourth spot in just about every division has a solid amount of competition around it. Yeah, Dallas is two points back of Nashville, two games in hand still. Um, that That's really, really tight right now. Uh, in the East, um, you have Boston has two games in hand uh, on the Rangers, but they're only four points up, so they could widen their lead or it could narrow. Um, so that's a tight race there too. And, uh, you know... Boston's also one point back on the Islanders. So the Boston could uh, leapfrog the Islanders into third and then avoid having to play the Capitals in the first round uh, if that ends up being how the, that uh, standings shake out. I would love to see Chara back against his old team in the first round. I think the North is pretty uh, pretty set on, on that fourth team sticking there with Montreal. I, th- I feel like Calgary's just a little bit too far back and Montreal's yeah, I mean, a little too far back to try and move up anywhere. Yeah, there's six points back of Montreal still. No games in hand at all. And with those um, those three games that the Canucks dropped to Ottawa, the Canucks are now behind Ottawa in the standings. We are behind them. However, <laughs> you cannot ignore the fact that they have seven games in hand, and we are one point behind them. Yeah. You, the, you definitely could say that and say, oh, yeah, they have a ton of games in hand. Um, but as they always say, you know, games in hand are only games in hand if you can't win them. And the other thing is... Team is tank. Yeah, well, yeah, I think a lot of people would like to see them tank. But the big thing there is that, you know, people have been pointing this out. The Canucks have a really tough schedule coming up. And yep. I would be shocked if they uh, if they could win even a few of those games. Because, man, they're, they're a tired team. 
Demko has not looked anything like he did before no. COVID. Um, yeah. No, it's like him and Holtby had a Freaky Friday situation and switched bodies because Holtby has been playing out of his mind since he got back. Um, what I see here is when the Canucks came back from COVID, they played the Leafs. It was a tough matchup. Everyone was talking about it, and some people were even saying throw the season. And I think this got into the Canucks' heads a little bit. And they wanted to prove people wrong. And they came out with probably two of the better games I've seen them play all season. And then that momentum was only rode so far. Now they're where they are. They dropped three of four to the Senators. As you said, we are now in dead last in the North. And my thing here is I cannot even be upset with them. Because this is exactly the play that I was expecting to see from them when I found out that they all had COVID. Right? There were complaints that some of them couldn't breathe as deeply anymore. Their lung capacity isn't as good. Out of pro athletes, you can't expect them to have the same performance yet take that much of a handicap. So I think most fans who think logically, which is not a lot of Canucks fans, should not be overly upset at this. Because when you look at the cards they were dealt, this is an impossible situation that they were put into. Yeah, no, for sure. You, you can't, yeah, like you said, you can't expect anyone to really go through that and come back and be great and have that many back-to-backs and that many games so close together. There's just, there's no way that um, that they're going to be able to string together so many wins and whatnot. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's okay. And I've taken some heat for this before because I'm, this season, I decided a, quite a while ago, I'm on Team Tank here. I'm down to get a good draft pick. I would, I've talked about it before. I will say it again. Luke Hughes would be the perfect addition to this team. Uh, and I, I want him bad. And I've had people say that I'm a fake fan for that, that I, you know, that I cheer against my own team and stuff. But I, I guess here's what I think people don't understand. I'm not cheering against us. I'm not watching games and every time we score, I'm getting mad. And every time we, we get scored on, I'm cheering. That's not what's happening. You can't take the fan out of someone. Every time we score, I'm going to get happy. Every time we win a game, I'm going to be happy. But I also know, that, and that's in my heart. In my heart, I feel that. But in my head, I logically know that the best thing for this team is to get those couple extra pieces. And the best way to do that, again, just using facts, is to come in lower. And as weird as this might sound, I think that the COVID situation could honestly end up benefiting us in the future. Because we will, instead of selling off everything and trying to make a run at the playoffs here for for absolutely no reason the team's going to get worse they're going to play more of our young players they're going to get that experience that they need to help them develop and we could end up getting a couple more pieces at the draft that we need yeah that's not a bad idea but i would just refer you to the fact that your general manager has made it pretty clear that they're not looking forward to um the future you know, they're making moves in within the last year or two that make it clear that they're, you know, looking for today. And it's really unfortunate that this year's played out the way it has for, you know, a million different reasons. Um, but you, you kind of have to recognize that this team is <laughs> kind of already in win-now mode. Like, they have some young players on fantastic contracts and they're not going to be next year. And it's really unfortunate that they weren't able to capitalize more on these young, great players. And unfortunately now, like I said, moving forward, they're going to end up having to pay these players more. Um, JT Miller is only going to get older and he's one of their big pieces. Tanner Pearson's probably on a contract that's too rich. Um, defensively, they've got liabilities like Tyler Myers, who's contracted for a long time. Um, Nate Schmidt isn't on a great contract. He's only getting older. You know, there's you know, there's a lot of things that you can look at and say, you know, getting a low draft pick would be great, but what would be better is flipping, getting a low draft pick and flipping it for a player that can make an impact today. And I, I really hope they don't do that. And, and this team, I said it last year, again, I'll, I'll bring up the Tyler Toffoli trade again. I said I don't get why this team is in win-now mode because look at our core. Is 21-year-old Elias Pettersson leading us to the Stanley Cup Finals? No. Is 22-year-old Brock Besser leading us to the Stanley Cup Finals? No. Is 25-year-old Bo Horvat leading us to the Finals? No. They 
all need about three or four more years until they really start to hit their prime. And that's when you should be in win now mode. I see no reason to try to be right now surrounding Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes with guys that can propel them into the Stanley Cup finals or, or deep into the playoffs because once they get there, they're going to be taken out by a bigger, stronger team because there are too many of those in the league. They need to wait until this core is ready to make damage in the playoffs and then you surround them with the pieces they need. This is just ownership and management being impatient. And, and it's hard to watch as a fan that really is okay with taking a few extra losses if it means instead of getting eliminated in the second round four or five years in a row, they actually make a deep run. Hashtag fire Benny. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag rent a plane, fly it over Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, wouldn't it be wild if someone actually did that? Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I've said before, I'll say again, this is why... Uh, uh, I don't actually take it out on Benning as much as I do on ownership because I believe that if Jim Benning said, no, I'm going to do things the way I want to and I'm going to do what I think is right for this team, he would have been fired right alongside Trevor Linden. The, the ownership of this team wants to be good now and they want to have the ultimate control over the team. The only reason Benning still has a job is he's a puppet. He'll do whatever they tell him to do. Fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, looking at some of the other teams around the league, you know, ever since Elaine Vigneault, it's funny, ever since Elaine Vigneault came out and said that, you know, he was guaranteeing that his team was going to make it into the playoffs, that team has just done nothing but been disappointment after disappointment. And, you know, just earlier this week it came out, um, Carter Hart, he's done for the season with an MCL strain. And, you know, even like that guy too, he had a miserable year and has not delivered on, on what the expectations would have been or were for him. Yeah, I think he like he started a lot harder in the beginning of the year, but um, yeah, lately it's just been a straight nosedive where he's letting in like six goals a game. Yeah, I mean, right like right now, uh, as we're recording this, they're losing to the New Jersey Devils, which have been you know a, a dumpster fire this year, almost as big of a dumpster fire as the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yeah, man, there's just been nothing good about the Philadelphia Flyers this year. Except for Gritty. Yeah, except for Gritty. That's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, because they're, uh, they're 11 points out of a playoff spot right now. And they they guaranteed that they would make it. Yeah. And uh, they can only get a... If they win every game for the rest of the year, they're only getting 14 points. So, yeah. uh, I don't yeah. see Boston... I don't see Boston losing every game. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's impossible. And it's so sad for that team, too, because... You know, I've, I've been a bit of a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I've, I've cheered for them for a bit. And it just seems like that team has been constantly, we're one piece away. We're one bounce away. We're one this away. And it's just never happened. You know, ever since, ever since their run in 2010, they've just been getting slowly and slowly and slowly further away from winning a Stanley Cup. And I think that fan base is... Yeah, they're frustrated, they're tired, they're irritated, and they probably are getting to a point now where they're closer to saying tank and go for a top prospect, you know, trade away the team, restart, rebuild it, um, than they were, or they have been, in a lot of years. Well, they actually, um, they remind me a lot, uh, or their situation has over the last... Uh, let's say 10 years, reminded me a lot of the early 2000s Canucks because when we had the West Coast Express, we had the Sedins on the second line, we, we had a really decent core. The big problem that we had, or the two big problems that we had, was the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche. Every year, no matter how good we were, we had to play them in the playoffs to move on. And I, if, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we did end up playing uh, Colorado. But I think we had three playoff series against Detroit. And I think in two of them, they went to the finals. And that's what they reminded me with being in a division with Pittsburgh for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Is no matter how good they are, they had to get past Crosby, Malkin, uh, uh, Flurry, all their big guys to make it anywhere. And that's a tough ask for any team. And quite often, if I remember correctly, they made it very close to getting past them. 
but couldn't. Mm-hmm. And you argue if that Pittsburgh team is the tiniest bit weaker, Philadelphia could have been in the finals, maybe even had a cup in the last decade. Yeah, I'm looking at their roster right now, and they got a lot of really nice older pieces that they could still get quite a bit of value for. But again, at this point in the season, they have to look at those pieces and say, okay, what are we going to do with them in the offseason? Yeah. Well, yeah, because... no, I'm thinking for next year for sure because they're screwed this year. But, like, I think my perspective on it is, like, what are they building around? Like, what is their core right now? Morgan Frost. <laughs> right? Like, cat a hat. <laughs> cat a hat. <laughs> um, right? Travis Konechny. Yeah, Travis Konechny. But, like, Nolan Patrick, their highest-touted draft pick in years, who's been, you know, arguably the biggest flop in a long time. Well, again, there's people predicting that they're not even going to protect him come the Seattle expansion draft. Yeah. They could literally lose the second overall pick that they had less than three years ago for nothing. Optionally. They're wow. deciding we would be better off without this than with this. Like yeah, even amazing. Even Couturier, he's like he's twenty eight, he's not that old. But you could get a really nice return for him. They got this new kid, uh, Joel Faraby. He's been playing really well. He's got fifteen goals on the air. He's twenty one. Yeah, but even if you're building a core with a 21-year-old, you still have to draft, right? Like, he's he's probably <laughs> going to be, you know, five to six years older than a core that you would need to start building now. I just, I, I look at that team, and they're in a real rough spot. You know, next to maybe only San Jose, I would say they're in probably the roughest spot in the league. Which you guys, I'm sure you guys are familiar with San Jose's position, right? With their contract situations, you mean? Yeah, like their their contracts, their youth, their everything. That team is just a... I don't know much about their prospect pool, but I know that the the current aging players they have are most... Or a lot of them are on just awful contracts. Yeah. Things that they well, couldn't unload, even if they package prospects with. Most teams don't even have the room to take that on, unless they're shoveling a whole bunch of cap back to them. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be bad for a long time. Which, honestly, kind of makes sense because they were good for such a long time. But you have faith in the San Jose Sharks? Yeah, they got the legend, Vander Kane. Oh, man. Speaking of of dumpster fire. (laughs) Now that he's filed for bankruptcy and he's broke, the man's been unreal this year. He's got that going for him. Yeah, he's got to work for his money now. He may be awful. He may be the worst situation ever, but he can say that he is one of the best players on the San Jose Sharks in 2021. <laughs> He's got 20 goals. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, but honestly, from the San Jose Sharks perspective, that's all Evander Kane is, is, like, maybe a chance for them to get out from underneath some bad contracts. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he makes a pretty sizable contract, too. So 20 goals for his contract, even though it's better than most players on that team, still might not be good enough for them to move him. Yeah. Well, I mean, 20 goals for his contract does put him in the what is that? The top 20 in the NHL. So he's not it's not it's not terrible. Yeah, he'd be like a solid second liner. Oh yeah, a, for sure. On a, on a Stanley Cup team. He's got a little grit to his game. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know. You ever seen him fight? Well, he wanted no. He wanted to fight Logan Paul. He did, but yeah. he has this habit where he will only fight guys smaller than him. You know, a lot of fighters they get that really cool reputation. Like the, I in my head the first guy that comes to mind is Rick Rippin because he was small, but the guy would take on anyone. He did not care if the guy was seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. He would fight them. Mm-hmm. Evander Kane has spent most of his career running away from Ryan Reeves. Well, right. I mean, can you blame him? <laughs> no, but but this is what I mean, right? Yeah, dude, if Ryan Reeves was coming for me, I'd be like, all right, I'm retiring. <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> so you can have my house, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, see you later, enjoy the league, it's yours. <laughs> yeah, do you want my wife? She's all yours. <laughs> She's part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, like, I totally get running from Reeves. Like, I'm not saying that I'm going to look at Ryan Reeves and go, oh, yeah, I could take that guy. No chance. (laughs) But other people do fight Ryan Reeves. You know, not frequently, not all the time. Generally, you do it once and you're set for life. (laughs) (laughs) 
But what I mean is other guys are ballsy enough to do it, and he's not. Right? And that's what I mean when I say he, he is grit, and he will fight, but he will only fight if he feels like it's even or he has the upper hand. Still, though, I mean, like, if you're going to trade for a guy who puts up 20 goals, you know, probably at least 30 points, will fight, I mean, there, there's there's got to be a team out there that's going, yeah, we'll take him. We'll well, take what is his contract? <laughs> seven million a year. He makes seven million dollars a year. <laughs> Until 2024, 25. That's what I'm saying. Like, that team is just saddled with so many bad contracts. Like, they're going to have to retain salary to get rid of some of these guys. Even the good ones. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Evander Kane's a good player. But still, like, it's that much money, unless the cap goes up, which we all know it won't because of COVID. Yeah. Like, they're just, they're, they're screwed for years to come. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw that uh, Carlson and Burns don't come off the books till like, 2026. Yeah. Oh, like, Carlson's contract was ridiculous. And isn't it, like, 11 mil per? Yeah. They both make, like, 11. It's crazy. Yeah, that team is just, man. It's really fun being a Canucks fan and going, wow, that team's so bad with contracts. <laughs> Dude, Logan Couture is making eight mil a year. Evander Kane's getting seven. Timo Meyer's getting six. Timo getting... Meyer makes six million a year. Yeah, Hurdle's getting 5.62. Kevin LeBlanc's getting 4.7 eric carlson's 11.5 burns is eight mark edward vlasic seven why isn't this talked about more that's Radim, insane radim simic is making like 2.3 never even How heard do of even have guy. money for more players than that yeah <laughs> and, Timo and Mar- nine goals this year he's making seven million dollars a year and martin jones is making five seven yeah and they're yeah. a and they're a dumpster fire of a team and, and they retained some of Nick Foligno's salary for some reason. Nick, what? Oh my! No, no, no! Oh no, 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 no! It's only it's only twenty five percent of his salary. It was so it's that a, they could get like a pick or something. It's and one it's, point. It's one point three, three seven five. Yeah, but it's only for like this year or something. Right. Yeah. Still. Yeah. That. I mean. Yeah. So, if anyone out there is a San Jose fan, like, well, it, sorry. You know what I should say. If anyone out there is a Philadelphia Flyers fan, <laughs> just be glad you're not a San Jose Sharks fan. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you might have to go through a rebuild, but at least you don't have to wait for the team to retire before you can go through a rebuild. You know what else was funny, too, was uh, when uh, the Canucks a few years back got rid of Yannick Hansen, we dealt him to San Jose yeah. in exchange for Nikolai Goldobin, who at the time, Sharks fans were really upset about because they went, oh, that's a huge overpay. He's one of our best prospects. He was not able to cut it in the NHL, and he's yeah. now in the K. Yeah. And I, I would him. say that was a pretty fair trade, honestly. Two years of Yannick Hansen for two years of Nikolai Goldobin. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what I mean. Their top prospect, or one of their top three prospects, could not even hang in the NHL. Yeah, between their top 3D, they're $26.5 million. Remember a couple years ago when you were telling me that like they had a better decor than Nashville? I was like, just look at well, the contracts. No, they well, don't. I mean, not contracts-wise, but at the time, like, skill-wise, it was looking that way. With, like, Dylan in his prime, Vlasic playing well, Carlson just coming over, yeah, Burns at, any, at his peak. Anyone predicted uh, Carlson to fall off the way he did. That no, no one saw that coming. Yeah, it's like he kind of forgot how to play hockey. And, I mean, like, the Sharks do have a few good um, prospects. They have Ryan Merkley, Ozzy Weisblatt. They have a few, but, like, nothing where you look at them and go, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have a good future. And, I mean, not to mention, the pick that was used to select Tim Stutzla was, was theirs. There. So, like... And everyone thought that Ottawa lost that trade at the time. Yeah. I mean, even if it was just a one-for-one, one, Tim Stutzla for Eric Carlson, at this point, That's you'd be looking at that, like, well, that trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Matt, like... The San Jose Sharks. It, it seems like there's it seems like there's a lot of defense that kind of went to that uh, that same off season training school with like Eric Carlson and PK Subban and stuff. They went there and forgot how to play hockey. I don't know. Easy now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the defense was at such a premium, and then now it's like kind of like flipped. 
whereas now forwards are more at that premium. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, though, this draft class, even though it, it looks like it's going to be a weaker one, there's a few defensemen that are going to be coming out of this draft class that we may be looking at years from now and go, hey. You know. Really? I can't think of any. <laughs> Wait a minute. Luke Hughes. <laughs> never heard of him. should draft. Who? Yeah, never heard of that He's guy. He's got a brother, right? He's got at least two. Anyway, I think that's enough for the first half of the show. Yep, we're going to take a break. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We'll be back in a few. Yeah, after a word from our sponsor. Oh, yeah, you want me to read it again? <laughs> All right. I had fun with it the first time. I'd love to do it again. This episode of the Vancouver Boys brought to you by the all-new Ram TRX. If you explain what it is enough times, your girlfriend will eventually understand that it is a good financial decision. Ram. We put a Hellcat in everything. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Back from the intermission with Marcus, Jake, and Tyler, ready to talk some more sports. Specifically hockey, maybe other things. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some other things. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go over to Montreal. And, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Take a quick trip down the uh, Highway One and over to Montreal. <laughs> it's Highway One. It is cross Canada, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Highway One across. goes from like I think it's like Whistler to like Newfoundland and Labrador. It's like the Canadian Route 66. Is that what it is? Route 66 in the states? I don't know. Well, Route Six. Well, you know, it goes all the way from Chicago to LA. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know. It that says there's a song about it. It says that in the song. Oh, okay. Must you ever watch true. the movie Cars? It's a big deal. What movie? All right. Oh, quality movie. Quality movie. Yeah. Welcome that. back to the Pixar podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only Cars McQueen, 1 and Cars baby. 3, though. If you can avoid watching Cars 2, do it. It's not important to the plot. Just Cars 1 and Cars 3. Stick to <laughs> <Okay>. those. Um, <laughs> over to Montreal. Uh, Jonathan Drouin taking a leave of absence for personal reasons. What do we make of this, guys? Uh, that's that's a tough one. I don't I don't want to speculate or anything. I don't know exactly what's going on. It could be a number of things, but uh, I I hope everything's okay with him and and his family or anything, if, if anything is going on. But uh, if that's the route he's got to take, then uh, all the best for him. Yeah, I think a lot of times people can speculate and go kind of way off base when times like this happen, but especially this year with everything that's going on, you know, obviously this is something that's outside of hockey that... Uh, it had to be a tough decision for him. Anytime a player steps away from a game like this, um, it's serious. You know, they got to do some serious thinking and reevaluating to make sure that they're making the best decision for themselves and their families. So, uh, I don't know if I can speak for you guys, but I, uh, I certainly think that in this time, it's important that people give him the space and make sure he can get his affairs in order and come back to the game as soon as he can. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, for sure. It does, uh, from a purely hockey standpoint, though, kind of suck for his team. You know, they're pushing for a playoff spot right now and to have one of their you know top forwards away from the, the roster right now you know it's, it's tough you, know, you take a look at the standings and you see that that team ha does have that fourth spot occupied but you know who knows anything can happen you know yeah. calgary's looked really good lately yeah definitely do you think they can come back and steal that spot from montreal personally i'm gonna say absolutely not but um I think I think Montreal's just too far ahead. They're six points up. They've played the same amount of games. It's gonna be one of those situations where Montreal's just gotta lose, 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 and Calgary's gotta do nothing but win. And they Calgary I think has a fairly tough schedule ahead of them. I haven't really looked at it, but I know they're playing Edmonton tonight. Calgary's schedule pretty much comprises of the Senators and the Canucks. So not as tough as you might think. Um they do have two against Ottawa and one against Winnipeg, but like I said, the rest is just Ottawa and Vancouver. So that's why I think I'm going to have to actually disagree with you on that one. I think there is a serious possibility that they can leapfrog the Canadians and take that final spot. And I think it is 100% because Montreal has a tougher schedule, in my opinion, and they are missing Carey Price. Carey Price, like I said at the top of the show, Carey Price drives that team goalies can drag teams a lot farther than they deserve but that team's just missing two, and I haven't even touched on the fact they're also missing Brendan Gallagher you know that team's just missing so many key pieces 
that I don't know if they can keep it together um, and long enough for them to make it into the playoffs. And then even if they do, make it any respectable distance in the playoffs. They'll be a Fair stepping enough. stone for any other team. Kind of like we were saying yeah, in exactly. previous episodes of uh, whoever Vegas or uh, Colorado plays in the first round in the West. Montreal will pose just as much of a threat uh, in the North. That being said, I think if Calgary ends up taking that spot, as I, like I said, I think they will, they're going to put up a significantly um, bigger competition to, let's be honest, it'll be the Toronto Maple Leafs who, who end up in first. Um, and that'll be a good series. So I, I would... I would really look forward to seeing a Toronto-Calgary first-round matchup because I think not only would that be a better series than the Montreal-Toronto one, but I think it would also be a better tune-up for the team that ends up winning that series. And I can't confidently say which one I think would win, but I could if it was Toronto and Montreal. Uh, Calgary's in the same position that Columbus was in about two years ago where they are sitting just outside of the playoffs and they're going to scratch and claw their way to get in there. And once you have a team with that mentality in the room, they can very easily carry that into the playoffs. And that's where what could happen to Tampa Bay could happen back to Toronto again, where they end up, you know, coasting into the playoffs and then meeting up with a team that is already in playoff format because they are every game is an elimination game for them. Yeah. Looking at games like this and teams that play this way, it, it makes me think back to the bubble. And I think for years to come, we're going to look back to the bubble, right? I'm really curious on what your guys' take on, you know, a bubble system would be like again. If instead of just having standard top 16 go to the playoffs and then, you know, typical bracketing like we do every year, if they brought back that, you know, uh, play-in round um, for, you know, teams just outside the playoffs. Do you guys support that or do you think that would be, or do you guys think that would be unfair? I hate, I I, hate it. Yeah, I'm on the same page as Marcus here. Like, here's the thing. It worked fine in that one year because it was a one-off. It worked because the league had virtually no other choice on how to seed it. And you know what? For that one year where people weren't even sure if the playoffs were going to happen, we took any hockey over no hockey. So that was okay. But here's the thing. If you're going to, at the end of the day, have a bunch of wild card rounds anyway, why? what's the regular season for? Right, this is how we get our seeding. This is how we find out who's good, who's bad, who makes the cut, who doesn't. Right? That also eliminates the chance of someone like uh, Pittsburgh, who, well, I mean, you, you could talk about a few ways to format this, but Pittsburgh last year had a chance to get the first overall draft pick because Montreal eliminated them in the playoff rounds. Now, while Lafreniere so far has not been quite the player that people hoped he would be in his rookie season, could you imagine the outrage if something like that were to happen again? Where a team that not only could have been in the playoffs, but could have gone deep in the playoffs, ends up getting a high, high caliber draft pick. It undoes what the league stands for, which is the good teams get into the playoffs, the bad teams get pieces so that they can eventually make it into the playoffs. I don't like the idea of having a round where there's a gray area. And some of those crappy teams are going to get bumped into a a playoff spot where they're then going to get swept in the first round. And some of those other teams that should be in the playoffs are now stealing these high-caliber players from teams that actually need them. Yeah, and now in that case as well, you're having teams that finish a little higher up sitting for weeks at a time while these other teams are playing. So it's like, who knows? Like lots of times when you have that buy... You come out rusty as hell, and then it's easy to go down early in series and not be able to come back. But I think I would even just say, you know, like they did it last year too, where instead of having one, two, three, and four uh, have a buy round, they would just play each other for reseeding. So that you yeah, but then again, disparity. Then again, you're still. What's the regular season for at that point? If every team gets to play each other to see who finishes in. Like in, at the top. Yeah, then it's not really the playoffs anymore. It's more of a round robin tournament. Yeah, I guess it takes away a little bit from the from the regular season. But what if you cut down the amount of games in the regular season? Then, like I mean, this year they had what fifty six games. What if they took those fifty six games, ended the season a little bit earlier, and then had the play in round? You know, those games get made up in the play in round, and 
you end up with more teams that have a chance. Uh, and to counterpoint what you mentioned earlier about the good teams getting a high draft pick, well, you just make it so that teams that play in the play-in round are ineligible to move up in the draft and that they finish exactly where they finish. Because uh, the other thing, so too, is I think a lot of people would say uh, if, you, if you finish any higher than the bottom eight, there's no way you should get the first overall pick. No, I agree. You know, so so what, what what's the difference if, if none of them get the get the chance to move all the way up to the top? Just make it the bottom eight, and the bottom eight get that traditional ball lottery system for the picks. Um, and I think you know th- there is points that you can make to, to say that you know this playing round wouldn't make very much sense, but you know it's 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 bonus hockey. It's different ways to watch the game. It's a five game series rather than a seven. It's interesting. It gives teams that are on hot streaks the chance to knock out teams that are cold, which ends up being what the first round is anyway. So, you know, I think it's interesting. And if they were to, to migrate to a format like that, then one day you could end up with a crazy Cinderella team, which is really exciting. So if you're, like you were saying, cutting down the season a little bit and then the games will be made up in the playing rounds, what happens to those teams that don't make the playing rounds? Are they just but, done for the season and yeah, they're, they're only playing they're 56 playing games? They're way less games. Well, then they would play each other, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. They would, they would but get play each other games. for what? To see who could come in very last yeah, to get the first, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to gonna, you're actively teams trying to lose against each other. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it was one thing a few years ago when Edmonton and Buffalo were just trying yeah. to just break the core of the earth mm-hmm. trying to get down as low into the standings as they could for McDavid yeah. and, and people were fine with that because at least the teams that they were playing were trying there was something you could watch mm-hmm. if you have a group of eight teams playing each other <laughs> all trying to lose yeah right I, I just I I just see way too many issues with it mm-hmm. on top of that as being a pretty long time hockey fan it's just too gimmicky to me it's too much yeah. of a hey, look at what we're doing, it, yeah. and not enough of legitimate trying to actually have the best team or most entertaining team win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's not the tradition too, right? Yeah, like the Stanley Cup goes back to I don't know when the first year they did the Stanley Cup is, but you know it goes back a long time. Well, I mean the Stanley Cup's existence predates the NHL. The Stanley mm-hmm. Cup was a trophy not not uh, related to the NHL. Yeah. I believe after the NHL had formed, they eventually bought the trophy. Okay. But it already existed for other things. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, the Vancouver Millionaires were in. The mm-hmm. Ottawa... Um, senators. Yeah, that's right. They were yeah. the Senators. They yeah. were back then. Yeah, so the tradition goes back a long time of being, um, you know, awarded the way it has been. And the bracket system we have now has been around for, for you know, a couple decades as well. So I guess you guys are right. Breaking that system would be quite the shakeup. Um, I guess my point is just that I think the NHL could use it, and you guys don't. You guys, or you guys have pointed out though that the bottom eight teams would end up playing fewer games and having to yeah. find out who sucks more. <laughs> it, would, it would be some good old-fashioned beer league hockey yeah, for those bottom bad. teams. Yeah, they're all putting in e-bugs every game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if God. there was, if there was a way to set up a play-in round, though, I think I'd be. Uh, the one thing I think the NHL should do if they're looking for more entertainment is use the World Cup of Hockey more than they do. There's really no actual system as to how often they do it. They kind of seem to do it whenever they feel like it. It's not every four years or ten years or whatever. Yeah. It's completely random. And they did a pretty good job last time by bringing in Team North America. They did something that people didn't think they would do. People even said, hey, this is a gimmick. But everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. And what people got scared of was after the tournament ended, they actually said, you know, we might not do that again. We're not sure. And then you had people, especially in Toronto where the tournament was, saying, you're telling me I just bought this $300 Connor McDavid Team North America jersey, a team that will only exist for three games mm-hmm. ever, <laughs> right? And I, I remember thinking, though, perfect. It's a gimmick, but it worked. You kept it outside of the NHL. You still own it. You profited from it but you didn't mess with the way the league works. That's how they should do gimmicks. It is either in the World Cup or things like the World Cup that they could organize, that they could profit off of. Looking back at that team, that uh, North American team, they were filthy. 
It was ridiculous. I don't. I don't think you could make that team in many other years. Like no, they, <laughs> they had the they best Mc... three draft years. Wasn't their top line <laughs> David McKinnon and Matthews? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there is no other. Well, I mean, who who would it be this year? Right. No one overly entertaining. Like it, it, we, got, have... we got Jack Hughes, Nolan Patrick, and Nico Heischer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's getting what I absolutely steamrolled by Crosby, yeah. Bergeron, McDavid. David. Like it would just be disgusting. Okay, well, speaking of this, I actually want to jump over to something real quick, and that's Gerard Gallant getting selected as head coach for Canada. Um, I have said this for a long time. I think being the head coach of Team Canada must be one of the easiest jobs in the world. You look at the... Until the finals. Well, until... <laughs> yeah. But, well, it, it depends on what level you're talking about, right? The uh, U18s or uh, World Juniors, what it, you know. But when you're looking at, say, the Olympics, right? Uh, again, R uh, Roberto Luongo got named GM to that team. I went, wow, that must be fun. It, you, you're really debating on your fourth line. You know who the top three lines are. You know who the best nine players or uh, forwards are you're just debating man who do we cut yeah man you could just run the first and second line and just not even have to play anyone else yeah you could or you could... just run the third and fourth line yeah <laughs> you could probably win with that well like did you guys see the um the u18 game so far like sweet oh goodness you know one of the like you know pretty pretty well respected they're a powerhouse country. in terms yeah. of hockey they're a powerhouse country and they just got steamrolled by the Canadians. Was the final score 12-2, to two, I believe? Yeah, something like Tw that. 12 one, 12 one. 12 Oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, yeah, Sweden's not that good. Yeah, well, easy. Pump the brakes there, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the team better than Sweden that's coming out of nowhere is Team Latvia. I'll tell you that for sure. They're yeah. going to be the next powerhouse. Well, you know what? People might forget this. This was in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Uh, team Canada was doing what team canada does they were just it just annihilating all these little countries that you know like italy and places italy, that like yeah. france south that, korea yeah oh boy <laughs> that just barely put together a team and it was the same thing it was, you know 10 nothing 15 nothing whatever and then we got to latvia and we were out shooting them at the end of the game i believe it was somewhere in the 60s to 15 mm -hmm. it was ridiculous but their goalie played out of their mind, and I think we only won the game by three or four goals. Yeah. It, it was insane. And I remember, because I think after the first period, it was tied at nothing. And fans were actually going, who is this tiny country, and how are they standing in the way of our gold medal? Mm. It was crazy. Um, Latvia seems to have a way of, you know, they don't win anything, but they don't lose as badly as you think they would either. Do you guys remember Switzerland at the World Juniors a couple years ago? When oh, the coach who could forget. The, the reporter asked, um, you know, what what do you tell your guys when you play a powerhouse like Canada? You know, how do you get your guys in the spirit? He goes, oh, you can't. He <laughs> goes, they shoot better, they pass better, they play defense yeah. better, they do everything better. And But he made a good point, too. He went every single player on that team was drafted in the first round, except for two guys that went in the second round. Yeah. He goes, we have three players that were drafted at all. Yeah. Right, and and you know you hope for those guys that they make it to the NHL. The the more worldwide hockey is, the better it is for the sport. Yeah. But holy Christ, sometimes as a, as a Canadian hockey fan, a party almost goes. Oh, I hope I hope Switzerland gets a goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, that game ended two one for Canada against Latvia. The the one in the U 18s just uh, the other day. No. No, the Olympic of 2014 Olympic game. Do you see the what shots I mean? were the shots were 57 to 16. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> it was 2-1. Wait, wait, who got the goals in that game? Who got the goals in that uh, game? Oh god. Uh, I got to I got to look one sec. No, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I am amazed that I remembered all that. <laughs> like that's such an obscure piece of like no that was a nothing game but i remember sitting there kind of panicking in the second period going oh my god we might lose to latvia <laughs> like could any of you point at latvia on a map no <laughs> it's in europe <laughs> I, you could point I at the think, continent it's in i think well i know shea weber scored one of them and of i think the other one was drew dowdy so defenseman 
Yeah. Quiet Two D-Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah this too bad we didn't have any like, all-stars on the forward line or anything. Yeah, they were all injured. Oh, that's crazy. 2-1. Who had the lobbying goal? Uh, I have Zenvis absolutely... N- <laughs> Probably. I have absolutely no clue. Nor would I know how to pronounce it if I could read it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could honestly just invent a name and we go, oh, yeah. yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Man, have you guys seen the score of the Canucks game yet? Yep, they're they're, they're playing well. Yeah, wow. So much for those uh, two games they won. About to get erased. Well, I've been avoiding looking, so why don't you tell me what it is? Uh, why don't I not? <laughs> three nothing? Bingo. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why. That just felt right. Yeah, three nothing in the middle of the second period. The game's half over, and they're halfway on the road to a blowout. So. Yeah. Well... I mean, I, I said last night when I was watching the Ottawa game, I went, Jesus, Matthews must be watching this just fucking salivating, yeah. thinking, I'm going to lock up the rocket tonight. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Matthews, did you see that goal he scored the other day? Oh, my God. Ridiculous. I, so I, I, watched it, I watched it live, and before they'd even shown a replay, I went, shit. So we, We're going to have to be watching replays of this for weeks. What happened there, Tyler? He batted it out of the air, like around the guy, picked it up, kind of, and just like, and then just sniped it in one motion. Like, it was just absolutely filthy. It was like a saucer pass that was in the air, and he kind of batted it out of the air around the, the defender, and then picked it up and just ripped it. Why does that guy have to play for the Leafs? Oh, God. I know. <laughs> but yeah, the Leafs are stomping Vancouver right now. You know what else is going on tonight? What? The NFL oh. draft is tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's today, isn't it? Yeah, the NFL draft's going on, and uh, I'm I've been listening to some uh, some pretty interesting commentary surrounding tonight's draft, and uh, you know some of these guys are touting Trevor Lawrence as like the next Peyton Manning. Wow. And he's going to Jacksonville. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that means that means they're getting rid of Gardner Minshaw. Are you kidding me? Man's a legend. Yeah, well, I hate to break it to you, the Gardner Minshew really is not a good quarterback. <laughs> and I mean, well, because they brought in uh, Nick Foles, I'm pretty sure, and the guy like broke his everything like a game into the season. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I think they were pretty happy to see that they can bring in Trevor Lawrence. Not to mention all the drama that went on there after Jalen Ramsey blew up the team. Oh yeah, no, uh, for no sure. Kidding. Yeah. And then yeah, Zach Zach Wilson went second. Yeah. And then Trey Lance was the the latest player picked for the 49ers. Oh, they see I heard a lot of conversation about how the 49ers were going to think they were thinking about trading that pick. Because Yeah. They, yeah. Cuz they were looking at um at actually trading for a quarterback and they were going to use I, that pick to do it. I heard rumors that they were going after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Cuz Rodgers does not want to go back to Green Bay. Can you believe that? Guy spent his whole career there and now all of a sudden he wants to leave. Well, the thing about Green Bay is, like, they don't listen to him. Like, I think it was last year in the draft, they needed help at the receiver position. Yeah. And they drafted a quarterback. That's right, yeah. In the first round. And Rodgers was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then Rodgers went out. He's not Taysom Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's crazy, though, because, like, especially because the NFL is probably the league where you can trade for a superstar. And lose oh, yeah. the least amount of assets. Like, I've seen superstar players get moved for, you know, not much at all. Because that that league is built off of free agency. And they, Very true. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's just crazy to me that that team is going to lose, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in, in history because they just straight up didn't listen to, to what he had to say or believe in him, really. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. The guy's an absolute legend, but... <laughs> doesn't matter if they're not going to surround him with weapons. No, very true. And you can only throw it at him so many times. Yeah, before the other team figures out your <laughs> fucking strategy. <laughs> yeah, put all defenders on him, like... Yeah. And I remember being in high school and watching football and watching Clay Matthews line up and just being like... Oh my goodness. Right? Like, that team was just deadly. Or like, do you know who BJ Raji is? Yep. Oh my god! Like I remember looking at that team. Like I'm glad I don't play professional football because that team was just mean. And now it's just like 
it's kind of sad looking at them and, and how it's going to, it's inevitably just going to fall apart for them. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, before, before we end things off here tonight, I wanted to, to bring up uh, something I was reading the other day about, uh, about the dog races. Dog races? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're jumping into the dog races. Oh, yeah, because so, you know, we like to cover all kinds of sports here. <laughs> yeah, tossing, dog races, yeah, all of it. So the, the dog that ended up winning the race tested positive for meth. <laughs> no! Oh, no! Man. Is that really considered a PED now? <laughs> yes, we're going to piss test all the dogs. This one's on heroin, this one's on meth. Yeah. Where's this dog from? He's tasting. Yeah, he's just snorting lines. Whoa, look at the dog go! He's on speed. But yeah, when I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, who who gives their dog meth right before the race? The smart dog owner wants to win. Clearly, clearly I uh, I haven't quite figured it out. I'm going to go buy myself a dog and, uh, <laughs> and have a party and load him races. up with meth and throw him on a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you go into their, like, locker room. Dogs are snorting lines <laughs> out of their dog food bowls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. The, the uh... The race dog test positive for meth, and the trainer got disqualified. Here, I'm just pulling it up right now. Oh, man, I would hope that the trainer would get disqualified. <laughs> yeah, and arrested. They gave yeah. meth to a dog. <laughs> it was it was a dog you... trainer in New Zealand. Oh, um, okay. Had been disqualified from racing after her winning greyhounds. Oh, sorry, plural, winning greyhounds tested positive for meth. <laughs> Multiple. Okay, you know what, like, the point of this story that I just seem to be skipping over is, I had no idea they piss-tested dogs after races. No, I mean, actually, that kind of makes sense. It's the same with uh, with horses. It's kind of a big deal, because people do put a fair amount of money on them, so people will go to great lengths to yeah, boost their chances so, of winning. Yeah. It, well, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, that dog won $4,000 in... Spent it on meth. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he won the race and went straight to the dealer. <laughs> he kept running after the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> right out the door. You know what? I bet that's why he was so fast. He was probably going through a withdrawal. He needed it. So she she's not getting charged because. They were unable to determine a deliberate wrongdoing. So what oh, did the dog I just could have accidentally my dog met. It was just an accident. It was a So all her dogs just happened to get into her meth stash? Like, <laughs> yeah. More importantly, she has a meth stash. <laughs> oh my goodness. Holy. Um, so I was going to talk about this a while ago. I just couldn't quite find uh, what it would go in with. Has, have any of you guys heard about Formula E coming to Vancouver? Have any of you guys seen anything about this? Is it like racing? Yeah, so it's basically, it's Formula One. It's fully endorsed by Formula One, but it's fully electric cars. So it's oh, basically okay. what Formula One is. It is the fastest vehicle they can put on the road, but it's, it's like an electric division of that. Um, the, and uh, Vancouver has just approved plans to do a race downtown in uh, July 2022, uh, which is a big deal because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard about it, but we had uh, indie races downtown for the Indy 500. And they brought them back, I think, two years in a row and then got rid of them because the uh, neighbors and all the condos complained that they were way too loud. And I kind of get it. If you're ever front row at one of those things, it is mental how loud those cars are. Uh, but that's part of it. With Formula E, they make very little noise. It's obviously the, the biggest problem is just traffic. They have to reroute a bunch of roads and build like a, a track through city roads. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's awesome. And, and I hope to attend it, actually. I, th I think it'd be a really fun thing to get into a market that's way bigger than a lot of Canadians would think it is. It's just not a big market in Vancouver for uh, for racing. I want to race in that. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the uh, Ram TRX goes really fast, yeah. and it is not electric. It's the opposite. Actually, I see. I see this. For every of, for every electric car that is built to help the environment, this one kills a tree. So, drives through a tree. Speaking of speaking of our sponsor and uh, electric vehicles. All these all these uh, companies are coming out with these electric minivans. Not they Dodge. Are? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just noticed Dodge is coming out with a minivan with a Hellcat in it. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's the Chrysler Pacifica SRT. That's just insane. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna what have a Hemi. <laughs> it's gonna have the SRT or the uh, Hellcat in it. I don't know. Like I said, Ram. We put a Hellcat in everything. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know. I, I like that they're doing that. I like it because every other car brand seems to be going full electric hybrid, just trying to be as environmentally conscious as possible. And that's cool and all, but they're losing a lot of performance over that. And it actually makes sense that at least one car brand is trying to fill that void and go, yeah, we, we don't care if we burn down <laughs> a couple like, trees in the process. The, you're going to go fast. What's the market on that, though? Like, who are you marketing a minivan with a Hellcat in it to? Oh, the same hey. person that buys the Durango SRT. <laughs> it's a seven-seater. Soccer moms are busy nowadays, right? They're trying to get from one place yeah. to the next. Yeah, they gotta get where there's, they're going now. <laughs> there's your there market. Yesterday. When you gotta be at two different soccer fields, both at 2.30, you can do it. <laughs> you will never be late again. <laughs> that should be the, the tagline. <laughs> you put Elkat in a van, you'll never be late again. You can leave late and you'll get there early. <laughs> boys i think we gotta wrap up this uh this episode yeah before we actually kill the chances of getting a sponsor <laughs> before we make them worse than they were before this episode <laughs> yeah yeah sponsorship opportunities at an all-time high for anyone thinking about burning some money out there <laughs> unless you're a leafs fan yeah no we only endorse things we like we should have brought that up too we only will endorse things that we actually stand behind yeah so hear that dodge yeah <laughs> trx looks awful nice we will stand behind your vehicle. Yeah, 100%. And run over trees, apparently. <laughs> we will do whatever you want if you let us, I swear, just sit in a TRX for a minute. Cool. How about right. pay full price for it? I would love to pay full price for it if Dodge gave me the money to be able to pay full price for that vehicle. Those are like 200 grand. Are they really? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. They're going up against the Raptor. Yep. Which I would the Raptor doesn't even clip a hundred. I thought it was one hundred and fifty. No, like oh god, no. Decked out Raptor. You can get a fully decked out Raptor for like one ten max. Really? Wow. They just don't have the engine. Yeah, that's true. But all right, that was a good one. Covered uh, quite a few good topics there. Good episode. Did. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you later. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.